Thank you, Jesus. Hey, is there anybody that says, I, I just got touched by the Lord? You want to say, yeah, something just happened right now? Is there anybody? Just wave your hand at me. Just want to, yeah, okay. Two, one, two, okay. That's good. Thank you, Lord. I invite you, when God touches your life, tell somebody. Give testimony to it. Um, you need to, and the more you tell it, sometimes it, you know, gets even more sealed in you. I mean, depending on what, what, what it is, but uh, you got you got to tell somebody. The, the whole, you know, part of the point of God doing it is he wants to release the testimony and stir faith in somebody else. Because when you hear about what God's doing, you're, you're encouraged, right? I mean, have you ever heard a good testimony and been like, oh, man, I feel worse now? <clears throat> I mean, who, who's ever had somebody get up and say, oh, yeah, God set me free from this, and you're like, oh, how horrible. <laughs> I mean, you get encouraged, uh, or, you get, or you get stirred. You get like, wait, I want that too. <laughs> I want that to happen in my life too. So share the testimony. The other thing is just sometimes let us leaders know when God does something in your life, because sometimes, you know, Dave's up here saying, this is what I sense God doing, and sometimes it's just a great confirmation for us that we're not just making all this stuff up. You know, that we go, hey, God did touch my life when you were praying that prayer. Okay, that's good, because we need to be encouraged too. Uh, we're not just trying to go through a religious show here. We're not just saying things to say them. I mean, we're not trying to hype up anything. I mean, golly, we're not that impressive. <laughs> Have you seen, seen us? <laughs> not that impressive, right? Uh, and I'm not speaking down to our staff. We're just not that impressive without Jesus. <laughs> But if Jesus does something, that's impressive. I want him to get the glory. So, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17. We are in a, a series in the book of Exodus. So, Exodus 17. Just in case. You never know when I might actually use the notes that I make. <clears throat> But we have been um, in a series going through Exodus. You know, it, Exodus, of course, is the story. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I'm going to give you a two-minute synopsis. So God's people are slaves in Egypt. And God sends a deliverer to them. His name is Moses. He's born. He's delivered miraculously. He goes and lives in Pharaoh's house for half his life. Then he kills an Egyptian. And he gets scared and runs for his life. Gets married. And then he comes back 40 years later. Because God calls him from a burning bush. And says go back and save my people. Because I've heard their cry. So Moses comes back. And he meets with the king and says, let my people go. And the king says, no. And then Moses says, God's going to do a bunch of stuff, bad stuff to you if you don't. And then God does a bunch of bad stuff to them. And finally, they let them go. Then they get out of, the, they get out of Egypt. They, they, everybody gives them a gangload of money and treasures and jewelry and gifts as they go out. And they come to the Red Sea and they're stuck again. And Pharaoh's army is going to come reach them. And they cry out and say, God, save us. And they say, Moses, once again, they say this over and over again. The people say, Moses, how come you brought us out of slavery? Now we're going to die. And so God, of course, miraculously opens up the Red Sea as Moses holds up the staff. It says they walk through on dry ground, not wet ground. They walk through on dry ground. 
And as they get through, and then the waters come back as the Egyptians are pursuing them, and God sets them free. Then they complain again, and God provides for them miraculously in the desert. He sends manna. He sends bread to rain down from heaven. He sends birds to show up out of nowhere, and they, they eat, and they're provided for. He sends water out of a rock because even though they weren't trusting God, God wants to show them, I am trustworthy. You can trust me. And so they went through that test. And so now the people are still in the desert. They're still wandering around. God's going to lead them to the promised land. But he has to build them up to where they are ready to go into the promised land. Sometimes the Lord has to work in our lives where we're ready for that next thing that we're going to face. Some of us are wondering, well, God, why is this not happening in my life? He's like, well, I'm, I'm preparing you. I don't want you to go in unprepared. Because when they went in the promised land, guess what? They had to fight. They had, they had to face some, some enemies. They had to face some challenges. You know, sometimes we're, we're like, man, I wish I was like this person over here. But you don't know what they went through to get to that place. I wish I had their freedom, God. And, and God's like, okay, you want to you know what they went through to get that freedom? They went through... No. Some of, you, <laughs> some of y'all are smart enough to go, no, I don't even want that. I, I just... I just want a safe life here. Anyway, God won't let you do that either because, you know, things like this happen in this story. So, um, but God wants to lead us to that, the next place in our lives. He's leading us into the promise. We are forever being led into the promise on this side of heaven. We're, we're entering the promised land. When you become a believer in Jesus, you now receive the promise of Jesus. And it says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. And so now you get to live that out. You get to experience, quote unquote, the promised land in your life. But just like in the promised land in the Old Testament, there are some enemies they had to face. There's some enemies that we have to face. We have to see some things defeated in our life. Sometimes God just opens the, opens the sea and you walk through. And sometimes he invites you to fight with him. And that's what's going to happen today. So that's where we are. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God. Even as we're reading it, God, I just pray that you would bring truth to hearts and minds in Jesus' name. So, they're in the desert. And it says this in verse 8. It says, Now the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. For tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. The Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He called it Yahweh Nisi or Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation 
to generation. This is your sermon, I know. Should have had you preach it. Uh, it's too late in the week. So um, <clears throat> maybe next time. You can preach it next week again. It'll be better. So um, <laughs> what's happening here is a surprise attack. Have you ever had a surprise attack in your life? Where just something out of nowhere hits you? You know, you're not expecting, you're not expecting this. You get, a, you get a, a sudden health diagnosis. An accident happens. Bad news from a family member. Whatever, you know, you know you're fired from your job. What, you know, suddenly they raise the rent. I don't know. Something happens where it's just, you're, you're not ready for it. And that's exactly what happens to the people of God here. They were not ready for this attack. And it, let me remind you, they were not warriors. Right? What were they? They had been slaves and they were coming out to, you know, they were being built up to be warriors. But they weren't warriors. They didn't know how to fight. We don't even know if they had weapons. But they're still attacked. And so in the middle of this attack, God gives a strategy to to the leadership, to Moses, and says, guess what? First of all, we need to fight. This time we need to fight. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm one of the people of God, I'm like, Moses, can you just wave that wand again? Can you just wave the magic wand, God? Can you just magically make all my bad stuff go away? Can you just take care of everything? You know, he says, you got that step. Last time you waved it and the waters opened up. We didn't have to do anything. He said, walk through. Sometimes the Lord does that for you. Sometimes when, a lot of times it happens to you right when you come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, things will just happen for you. And then you've been walking with Jesus for five or ten years. And then you're like, God, how come it's not like it was then? And he says, guess what? I want you to participate and be built up in what I am doing and learn to fight. Now, of course, we don't fight physical battles anymore, right? I mean, that's not what we're talking about in this room, right? <laughs> we're, we're talking about we, what, our battle is not with flesh and blood, right? It's with... with principalities and powers it's a spiritual battle so we're applying the physical battle from the old testament to be relevant to the spiritual battles that we face you know when you're in a battle for for purity men in your mind man that's that's sometimes a surprise attack that you got to be ready are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna fight with the lord now the lord is gonna fight with you but he says you have to fight too it's not always just going to be the magic wand that comes that it's, he waves it over you and everything happens all good. Sometimes you've got to fight. You've got to stand. What does it say in Ephesians 6? Stand firm then. Taking the armor of God. In other words, God's equipping you. Why would he give you armor if he didn't want you to fight? Uh, anybody here? <laughs> I'm only preaching as long as this voice stays today. So <clears throat> sometimes we get to learn to fight. James 1, 2 through 4, this is on the screen here, son. It says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you want to be a mature follower of Jesus, right? 
guess what? You just signed up for a test. You just signed up for a battle. You just signed up for an attack on your, on your life. Uh, you've, got, you've signed up for opposition. You've signed up for that because this is how you get there. This is how you get mature is you go through trials. You go through something hard. You go through challenges. It says here that we get to consider it pure joy. Pure joy. Sometimes God's funny, don't you think? I mean, it's all right. I mean, we'd be like, can it just be like kind of joyful, Lord? <laughs> like it could, or, or it could be joyful, Lord. No, he says, no, pure joy. <laughs> Consider it pure joy. That's not usually the first thing I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know about you. Maybe, you, you know, maybe you're farther ahead and that's fine. I hope you are. But, man, that's not the first thing I'm thinking. But God says, look, you consider it pure joy because guess what? Something's coming into your life. You're going to get perseverance. You're going to get strength. You're going to get maturity. And you're not going to lack anything. And so what is God doing with his people here? He is building their strength. He is building their endurance. He is building their ability to stand against the things that come at them. Because if they are not built up, they will not be able to go forward into the promised land that God has for them. Because they're going to have lots of battles. And we're going to have lots of spiritual battles in our lives. But we have to be built up and strengthened. And it's not always going to be the leader who just does it for us. Thank, thank the Lord for leaders who, who lead breakthroughs in our lives. But sometimes you get to fight. Sometimes you get to put your hand spiritually in the battle. And so that's what happens here. And what happens is amazing. I mean, this is an amazing encounter. So Joshua is the one that has to do all the fighting. First of all, really smart leader, Moses. I mean, are, I mean you think about this. Moses is like, I'm going up on the hill. <laughs> you all stay down here and fight, okay? But I'm taking, I'm taking the staff. Don't worry. I got the staff of God with me. <laughs> and so, I mean, it sounds easy, of course, until you try to hold your arms up for a long time, right? So every time it says, what did it say? When Moses' hands were up, they were, they were winning. So Joshua, so it's interesting that it wasn't up to Joshua. It wasn't his skill that won the victory. He still had to fight. He had to do what, what he, was, he had to do. But where did the power come from? The power came from the Lord. Because symbolically, Moses is lifting his hands. We could see that as a, a sim symbolically of, of worshiping the Lord. We could also, I see it as a picture of, of intercession. You know, where, what's that? Praying for somebody else. Sometimes we, we are called to stand for somebody else who's in the middle of a battle. And spiritually, when we pray for them and we intercede for them, it's like we're lifting our hands on the mountain and God is going to win the battle as we're lifting our hands over their lives. And so as Moses, you know, and you do that for long enough, you know, it gets tired. I don't know if, you know, that's why, that's why we only lift our hands on the chorus. <laughs> right? I mean, think about church culture. Like, right, you don't, you, I mean, I like to lift them on other times just to change it up sometimes, but... You know, it's like when that core, you know, when it gets to Waymaker, right? I mean, we could be honest, like, we are here, we're the Waymaker. Yeah, they lift their hands up, and they, oh, we're coming back down again. You know, because my, my, part of it is because this physical, my arms are getting tired, you know. And then the bridge, you really go high, you know. Anyway, so, uh, but it gets tired holding your hands, so Moses is getting tired. 
Sometimes you get tired doing what God has called you to do. Right? And what does Moses need? He needs someone on his right and someone on his left. Just a reminder, you need someone in your life that you can trust to stand with you on the mountain. That you weren't meant to stand alone. You weren't meant to to fight alone. And it's okay sometimes to say, I'm tired. And I need somebody else in my life. Because we all get to that place. Sometimes we're fine. But sometimes we're like, man, I need to sit down. And they get him a rock. I mean, no chairs, I guess. So, um, <clears throat> And they hold up his hands. Let's, let's, see, let's see. Dave, come on up here. Jerry. Who else wants to come on up here? Anybody else? One more, one more man or woman. I don't care. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Come on up. You know, this is the picture of, of our spiritual life sometimes. Is Dave's going to be Moses. So Moses is lifting his hands. He can sit down. He, he's having to sit down, but he's got his hands up. So I think we should probably just see if Dave can do this for about 35 minutes. Then we can go home. <laughs> <laughs> But we got Aaron and her. It doesn't mean you're her, but you're still him. But um, <coughs> H-U-R. So, uh, so Aaron and her have to come alongside Moses when, when he's tired. And guess what? They get to hold his arms up. They get to hold his hands up. Now, let me tell you. I want you to think about <laughs> Nice. I think about This costs you something, too. Because, you know what, you're going to get tired after a while doing this, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he's got some big arms. <laughs> yeah, Moses, he's, Moses, Moses was decked out too. He's herding those sheep and stuff. Um, so, you know, but it costs you something to come alongside someone else. It costs you your time. It costs you some of your energy. It costs some of your own personal effort where you're like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to stand with, with Dave this week. And so guess what, I'm, I'm laying aside maybe what I'm worried about or what I'm doing, and I'm coming and holding up Dave's arms because I know that God is calling him to something and he needs my help right now because he's getting tired. And so all of these are important. Every, every, you know, sometimes we're called to be the one that's just standing on the mountain interceding, we're praying or we're just worshiping God. But if, if we get tired, hey, we've got to have someone on our right and our left. So, thank you, gentlemen. So, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. But, but it costs you something. But you have to be willing. I mean, first of all, number one, if you're the guy or gal in the center, you have to be willing to let someone else touch your life. You have to let someone, be willing to let someone else in where you are honest and you say, I'm not doing well right now. I, I need help right now. I mean, we don't like to say that. I mean, Sunday morning church forever, church culture has been how you doing. I mean, we know what the right answer is, right? I'm good. Why would I not be good? I'm at church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it freaks us out, too. Someone says, comes in and, I mean, it's not really our church culture. Thankfully, I feel like we've, we've changed it a little bit. But just in general, church culture. Um, it's like if somebody comes in, oh, I'm not doing well. 
<laughs> I was hoping you were just going to say good. That way I could go on to the next person, right? <laughs> no, we've got to be willing. It's like, no, I'm not willing. Well. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. I need to come alongside you then. Am I, am I willing? And so I'm, I'm going to have to enter into your life. You're going to have to be honest with me. And I'm going to have to be willing to lift you up. I'm not going to be, have to be willing to hold you up. I'm going to have to be willing to give some effort and say, well, I'm going to pray, be praying for you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to call you during the week. I'm going to check in with you. I'm not going to just leave you alone. And so we can see ourselves in all these people. We can be the Joshua. Sometimes we're in the middle of the battle. And thank the Lord somebody else is praying for us. And the victory is the Lord's. Either way. It's not because of our skill. It's not because we're so amazing. We're doing our best. We have skills. I mean, Joshua was using the, the, the best of his ability, but the victory did not rest in his hands. The victory rested in who was lifting his hands over him. The victory belonged to the Lord. And so, then there's a revelation here. There's a revelation of God's name in this, and it's, it's, so, it's so cool here. Uh, if you remember, if you haven't been here, I know there's several guests here today. The, the alternate, the Hebrew title for the book of Exodus is not Exodus, it's names. And so one of the themes throughout this whole entire book is the revelation of who God is, that he is the name above all names. In other words, that he is the one true God above all true gods. That, you know, Pharaoh isn't even mentioned, they don't even mention his name. And if you'll notice here, it says the Amalekites come. It does name them, but then it says, guess what? Your name is going to be forgotten. Because you, you know, you came to harm the people of God. And that, I mean, there's a whole element of the covenant of God. He made a covenant with his people. And so if you attack his people, then you're attacking him. And so you can be encouraged if you're in a covenant with Jesus. In other words, you're, you're a child of God then guess what? When, someone, when something attacks you, then guess what? God is automatically already saying, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to defend you. You might have to fight, though. But I'm ready to defend you. And so there's a beautiful picture of the, the revelation. It says, you know, and Moses builds an altar. In other words, why did they build altars? It was, in other words, hey, this is, we, need to, we need to remember this. I need to remember this. You know, I'm writing this down. I'm going to write down this testimony of what God did in my life. How many of us have forgotten things that God did in our life because we didn't write them down? Sometimes we do. Sometimes you have to be reminded by your spouse or something where you're like, do you remember that? I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. And then when you talk about, oh, that was amazing. I need to be reminded of what God has done. And so that's what happened is there's a reminder that the Lord is my banner. Now, what is, it, what is a banner for? You might know what, what, what are some, you can talk to me. Go ahead. I need to take a drink anyway. What's a banner for? Okay. Make an announcement. Okay, good. You can, you can make out banners, make an announcement. Happy birthday, Brandy. You know, it's not her birthday today, is it? That was close. That was pretty close. I only have to pay attention to like three birthdays in my life. The rest of y'all, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> four. Five, six, uh, anybody else? Maybe my dad too, seven, uh, okay. Well, anyway, just a few, my brother. Um, Twelve, birth, 12 disciples, 12 birthdays. So, 
A banner identifies things. I know I get off track too much. Um, what else? What does, does a banner do? Announces. Encourages. Identifies. There we go. You know, don't want to stir up anything here. Could happen though. My wife is like, what are you going to say? You know, at, at the Midland High football game, is there a, well, let's say, is there a rebel on the banner? <laughs> Thank you for that was appropriate. Because your banner identifies what team you're on. It's, it is a bulldog, for better or for worse. I don't even care. I'm, from, I'm a San Dimas saint. So. <laughs> so, but the banner identifies who you belong to. It's identification. So, I mean, that when the Lord says, my, the Lord has his banner over you, he's saying, you belong to me, and I belong to him. I am now property of someone else. I am now on that team. I am now in that group. I am now in the family of God. I am forever identified as being one of those people. And so be encouraged, number one, but it's also a rallying cry. In a battle, the banner was the symbol. You know, they, ha- they have the person with the banner and sometimes they would rally around the banner. In other words, if you, if you got lost and didn't know where to go, come back to the banner. Come back to home base. And so Jesus, I, you know, the Lord in this, and ultimately Jesus, is, is his banner over us is love, right? And so we're forever knowing if I get off track, if I get lost, if I'm wandering away in my life, guess what? I need to get back to the Lord. I need to get back to Jesus. What, where is he and his identifying mark and light and, and declaration over my life? I need to return to that. Kind of why Jesus says we do communion, right? Hey, you've got to come back to me all the time and remember who I am and what I've done. Just like Dave was saying in, in, a, you know, in that encouragement, like, hey, we need, to, we need to realize what Jesus has done. We need to come back to that over and over again because it's, it's the banner we're under. I'm under the banner of Jesus' love and Jesus' grace and Jesus' mercy and Jesus' victory and Jesus' power and Jesus' future. I am under that banner. That's the identifying mark, and I need to come back and rally around that. But also the banner is, I think somebody says, we go forward with it, right? When you're making the charge and going forward, man, the the guy with the banner runs first and says, yeah, victory, we're going to win. And so the, the declaration, God was declaring victory over his people. And of course, if you haven't made the connection... There's another person in Scripture who held up his hands on a hill. Several thousand years after this, this is a beautiful picture of Jesus, of course, stretches his hands out and forever, actually forever, releases victory for his people. That the victory is not up to me or my strength. Like I'm just like Joshua now that it's not because of my skill or my strength or my amazingness, but I do get to fight. I get to participate. God equips me. He's strengthening me, encouraging me. But the victory comes because Jesus put his arms up. That when Jesus died on the cross, it was a victorious death. 
which doesn't make sense, but it's true. His victory came through his death and then his resurrection as he beat and conquered death. And so he put all enemies underneath his feet. What does it say in the scripture? That he was lifted up to heaven and seated in the throne. And now all the enemies in Ephesians 1, everything else is being put under him. In other words, we are now fighting from victory. So in your spiritual life, when you are in a battle, you need to be encouraged that you're the Joshua, but, but in your life, Moses is Jesus. And guess what? He doesn't get tired. Jesus never had to put his hands down. I mean, now he's sitting in heaven. He, he sat down because he was what? Finished. He finished the work. Because he was also our great high priest. The priest would only, could only sit down when their work was done. And so when Jesus went to heaven after he was resurrected, the Bible says that he, then he sat down at the right hand of God. And so what he was letting us all know, anybody who was Jewish would have known, he's done. It's, it's already been done. So everything that Jesus needed to do, he already finished. You know, when my mom uh, <coughs> died of cancer, I've told this before, but I, there's a lot of people who haven't heard this story, so I'm going to tell it. Um, maybe it's for one of you, but my mom died of cancer almost, uh, almost 13 years ago. And when she, obviously a terrible experience, um, you know, we pray, we believed, and, and we didn't see what, what we wanted to see. We'll say it that way. We didn't see what we wanted. And so I remember after that, where I was, I was praying a prayer at some point. I'm like, okay, God, I need, I need retribution from the enemy for this. I need, you know, so now I want, I want to see, I want to see a thousand people healed of cancer because my mom was taken from this earth. And it sounds very spiritual, right? It sounds really cool. Like, oh yeah, God's gonna, God's gonna lead you back to it. And like, he's gonna give you more because, you know, you were in the, you were in this dark place and then God raises you up and, and releases a great victory. It sounds good, but that would mean that Jesus had to do something else that he didn't already take care of. And so I felt like the Lord says, guess what? I've already, I've already won the victory. See, you don't need an extra thousand, you know, power stamp on your back to see people healed of cancer. I already, I already won the victory. So sometimes we're asking God to do something that he's already paid for. Sometimes we're praying prayers where God says, just receive. Just, just, I've already, I don't need to do it. I've already done it. You need to trust what I've already done so you can receive the benefit of my victory. So you're living from victory, not fighting for victory. And so if you're a child of God, you must know if there is something in your life that is, you know, a habitual sin or, or, or something that, that is holding you up, you can, you can know that you don't have to fight for victory. You need to fight from victory. You need the power of Jesus in your life because he's the one that will give you the victory over those things. And learning to trust him, man, it's not magical. It's, it's, it's a process. It's like the people of God wandering through the desert. They get to one place and then they have to trust God again. Guess what? They're going to run out of water again later. Guess what? They need water from, from, a, from a rock. 
you know, another time later, they're going to have to trust them again because they they're being built up and strengthened. But all along, who's the one that's getting the glory? Who's the one that's providing? It's the Lord. He's the one providing the victory. But He's inviting you into the victory. And so you have to learn to embrace and believe what He's done and then take a step of faith, whatever that step is in your life, to go, okay, God, I'm going I'm to live as if you've already won the victory. So live as if it's already happened and begin to, you know, how would you act if you were already free? Then start acting like that. I'm not talking about pretending. I'm not talking about like, you know, putting on a religious face and say, and, and say oh yeah, it's all good now. It's all, no, we're not talking about lying. I'm talking about be, um, step, taking a step of faith and saying, God, I'm just going to live life like this is really true. Let me give you a practical example. When you sin... When you fall short, when you do something that you knew you weren't supposed to do, and guess what? You start feeling ashamed, right? And so most of us, it takes us a while, right? We go, how could I do that? Why did I do that again? Or, or uh, am I the only one here? No, okay, just making sure. <laughs> so, but what I need to do, sometimes it's like kind of I have to work myself back into God's presence, Right? You're like, oh, okay, well, I better, I better read extra today in my Bible so that I can get into the presence of God. And, and Jesus is already saying, no, I, wait, I made the way for you into the presence of God. So if you just sinned two seconds ago and you want to step into my presence, you can because of me. It has nothing to do with you, but you can step right in. You're as close to me right now as you were before you sinned because of my blood and my victory on the cross. Because you are living from victory. And so that frees you to walk out of shame a whole lot more quickly, right? Where you don't have to dwell in that thing for like punish yourself. Kind of put yourself on the cross. Really that's what we're doing. We're saying we need to be punished for our own sin. Where I, God, I got I to gotta take care of this. I got to pay penance. I got to go through a, through a ritual. No, no, that's not, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus paid for it so if you want to jump right back in you're as close as you were before because his blood is enough to cleanse you and of course as you get to know him because you love somebody you don't want to do it anymore right then you're motivated by love not by guilt or not by just rules when you're motivated by love then you're more likely to walk in freedom because Man, love is, love is freedom. When, you're, when you know you're loved, you're free. <laughs> Do you know you're loved? Do you know you're loved? So as we, as we close today, you know, we're just going to come to the table here. We're going we're gonna to come to the table and remember Jesus. And my, my, my encouragement to you is this. Let today, you know, if God wants to highlight something else for you, fine, that's... Of course, always fine. But if you need victory in your life, Jesus is pointing you to look to Him today. He's pointing you to come back to the banner and say, hey, let's, sometimes it's a regrouping. You need, you need a spiritual regrouping in your life. And you need to come back and say, okay, Jesus, I am, I've forgotten or I'm temporarily living like I've forgotten that you won the victory. I'm living like there's still a battle that 
is too hard for you. <laughs> that somehow this is too much for you. And so today, as we take, we're going to take the, the, the cracker, which represents Jesus' body, and the cup of juice that represents Jesus' blood. We're being invited to live in victory. So yeah, ushers, whoever's helping pass out. Dave, you want to come on up? We'll just go ahead and pass them both out all at once, both the bread and, and the cup. You know, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Come back to my name, come back to who I am, come back to the reality of, of my, my grace and my power and my victory. And so he, he was explaining to the disciples before he even did it. It was like an act, Jesus, even in, in serving the first last supper, um, the first last supper, that sounds weird. It was the first last supper, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> the last last supper, I don't know. Okay, when he was, on that night when Jesus was betrayed, when he served in it, Jesus is, he's giving them the benefit before he'd even done the work. It was even an expression of, I don't want to say that Jesus had that faith, but it was an expression of declaration of his trust in the Father, of that, that he was saying, yes, I'm going to do this. Like maybe his last, you know, he's about to go in the garden, and one more time he's going to ask, Lord, is there any other way? Can this cup pass through me? Not my will, but yours be done. But Jesus in advance is saying, guess what? You can eat this even before I take care of it, because he knew I'm going to take care of this. I am gonna, I'm going to beat death, I'm going to beat sin, I'm going to beat the devil, I'm going I'm to be victorious in, in this calling and this work that I'm releasing on earth. And when I'm done, I'm going to say it's finished, I'm going to sit down in heaven. And so Jesus is sitting in heaven now, watching all his enemies come under his feet. So all the enemies in our lives that are trying to stir themselves up, first of all, they want, to, they want to make you think they're stronger than him. But the only thing they can do is lie. They can try to scare you, they can stir up things, whether that's actual demons coming into your life or just thoughts in your head, you know, or uh, just struggles that you're having. Um, you know, those, those things want to lie to you and say, you're never going to get out of this. You're, you're never going to be free. And it's just a lie. It's just not true. If, you, if you're a child of God, if you're in Jesus, if you're in Christ, it can't be true. It can't be true. And isn't it good news that it wasn't up to you to make it happen? It was up to Him, and now He says, you can now receive the benefit the fruit of my suffering. You can see, receive the fruit of my victory because I've raised my hands up on the hill. You'll see the victory in the battle. Thank you, Lord. So just right where you're at, we're going to keep, I'm not praying over the elements yet. I know you don't all have them. Just if you have it right now, just, just begin to thank the Lord right now. Just begin to thank Him. Whatever you need in your life that, that you need victory in, if, if that's what, what God's highlighting for you, just, just begin to thank Him. It's like you're doing it, you're, you're believing it before you see it.
You're just saying, God, I, I thank you. I'm thanking you, Lord, that the broken body of Jesus, that I haven't seen my healing yet, but I'm trusting you for that, God. I'm believing that it comes through you, Jesus. I'm believing that, Lord, all those things that, that are in my past, God, that keep coming up in my mind, I'm believing you for victory over thoughts in my head. I'm believing you that you are, you're going to cleanse my thought life that I'm going to think differently now, that I'm, going to, that I'm not going to believe lies anymore, that I'm not going to go in my cycles of, uh, of unhealth and misunderstanding and confusion and depression. I don't have to stay in that cycle because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you have won the victory, that we can walk in that victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, ushers. So if you've got your bread, just we're just going to thank Jesus right now. Thank you for the broken body of Jesus. God, we, we, we're coming back to you, Jesus. Thank you that your banner over us is love. And we, we trust in in your love and your grace and your mercy, that you did what you said you did, and that what the effect of it in my life will be what you say it will be. It doesn't matter what anything else, anybody else says or anything in my head says. I'm believing you, Jesus, that what you say is what goes. What you say is what matters. And we honor and bless you, God, and we receive wholeness, Lord, wholeness in our thinking, wholeness in our emotions, wholeness in our, in our bodies, Lord, that, that healing would come into us in every area of our lives, body, soul, and spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Baby, you want to come up and pray? I'm tired of talking. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. That you so willingly laid down your life and endured pain and torment and torture until death. And we take a moment to remember the power of your blood. That your blood is enough. Your blood is enough for our mess for our shame. For our pain. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us a way to live in victory and to rest in that. So we remember that today. And Jesus, we pray that we would just center ourselves in the middle of your finished work. Resting and trusting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Can we just thank the Lord one more time? God, we just give you praise right now. Just worship him right where you're at. Jesus, we honor you. Oh, you're worthy of praise, God. We lift you up. Thank you that you're our banner, God. Thank you that you're the one that we look to. 
Thank you for the victory on the cross. Oh, we choose to trust you, O oh God. We choose to trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you still need prayer, of course, we, we always have our leaders up here. So if, you, if you're a guest, we have leaders. Anybody who needs prayer before we go, come on up front. We'd love to pray over you for anything that you still need. Uh, but you are, if you need to go, you're released to go. And we'll see you later on in the week. Is your love.